The fitness industry is a multi-billion dollar sector, and that's not even counting the entire health spectrum, including things like nutrition or mental health. Physical fitness is massive, but yet for marketers, the playbook was well-worn. Well, that was until the year 2020. I'm Josh, and you are listening to the Thought Unpacked podcast, an exploration into the world of modern marketing. My goal, bring a little bit of clarity and context into an industry that impacts our everyday lives. Today's topic, the marketing of fitness. Now, there are several categories that we could break fitness into. And again, speaking of physical fitness here, but I'm going to separate them into three buckets that a marketer would design campaigns around for for our discussion here today. The first bucket is what I will aptly call the celebrity fitness bucket. By the way, all of these buckets are completely made up, but you'll get my point soon enough. This is where the celebrity fitness bucket that is, is where a celebrity will add their name to a workout plan or machine or some sort of, again, fitness enhancing regime, targeting individuals who want to, for the most part, look like them. Now the penultimate example, still to this day, is Jane Fonda. And she famously associated her name, as well as her good looks, with the Jane Fonda workout. Now there were books and there were VHS tapes, I was almost gonna say DVDs, but this existed in a time before DVDs. Jane would work out to classic 80s music and be in equally as classic neon or striped or neon striped leotards. Now the marketing for this product was very simple. Jane Fonda was a big name in the 80s and also in the 70s as well as after the 80s. So millions of people wanted to have that same sort of physical appeal. Jane Fonda's workouts provided a roadmap for other celebrities to follow, as well as non-celebrities who tried to get on this at-home fitness craze and trend. For marketers, we rejoiced. The job was, and still is to this day, very easy. You take a product like a workout video, you associate it with a well-known celebrity like Jane Fonda, and as long as it's somewhat legit, and I'm sorry, Chuck Norris, I'm still not sure if your total gym is actually the total gym you claim it to be, but in any case, you take a good product with a great celebrity, and boom, you have a hit on your hands. Now, for any of you who are listening who are not as familiar with 1980s or 1990s marketing, let me give you a modern day equivalent. Dwayne The Rock Johnson heavily endorses many different products from Under Armour, as well as some of their workout apps and regimes. And people lap it up. An even better example is Chris Hemsworth, aka Thor, and Center. Now these well-known, extremely physically fit actors are lending their names, and let's be honest, their bodies, to programs and products that promise to help you get fit. Now, at no time is there any claim that an app like Center will help you turn into the next god of thunder. Now, there's also no mention that it won't, but that's an aside. 
there is no need to have a claim like that. All you need, once again, is a big name, fairly legitimate product, and you get success. Now the next category is my beloved, haven't seen you in a while, gym. Now I'm in Canada. So the most significant player in the gym space across the board is Good Life Fitness. They dominate the landscape by having more location than anyone else and acquiring gyms in key markets where they actually don't have a physical presence. Now their marketing, like many other gyms, is really built around the pillars that Good Life is trying to represent. When Good Life's marketing, you will see an inclusive vibe, a friendly atmosphere, and a convenient, aka location at every corner, style. Other gyms will take other pillars to contrast themselves from the behemoth of Good Life Fitness. Some will illustrate that they're exclusive or high-end, while others will speak to how they're only really for the serious athletes. However, no matter what position they take, they all take cues from the same notes. Find out why someone should choose your gym over the other guys, and then broadcast that message as far and as wide as you can. Put up those extra large posters, run print and radio ads, make sure your website, social media accounts all reflect this messaging. Align your gym with other brands that have similar unique selling propositions. This is why, by the way, you do see so many elite, and you can't see my air quotes there, but elite gyms align themselves with some sort of nutrition brand or nutrition house to showcase that they're really in it to win it mantra. And of course, make sure your staff embody your corporate principles and ideologies. That is the gym marketing playbook. Nothing fancy there, nothing shocking, but it works. And it works out very well for many gyms everywhere. Now the final old school category, which isn't really old school, but I have to add that moniker because of where we're going to go in a little bit. But the final old school category is at home fitness equipment. Now this is a bit different than the celebrity endorsed equipment or videos or books because this was purely based on the equipment itself. No big names anywhere. Now out of all three buckets, this was the hardest one. It was tired. It was challenging. Yes, there were a few exceptions, but for decades, the at-home fitness equipment industry was not the place to be if you were a marketer. As a marketer in this space, you were really trying to showcase why your product, your row machine, your elliptical, your VHS workout series was better than that celebrity backed option. While also trying to illustrate at the exact same time why the cost of ownership would be a better investment in the long run comparative to that gym membership. If you were a marketer in this field, you became very comfortable with the idea of running sales, special offers, and limited time deals. Buy now and pay with 87 equal payments was your calling card. Now there were a few exceptions. Bowflex is one that comes to mind. It's an older company. It actually was launched in the Jane Fonda days of the 
1880s, but really took the world by storm. And when I say world, I really mean North America, but we'll say the world in the 90s when they started to run television commercials highlighting this odd new machine that used bows, Bowflex, versus weights. But other than this rare exception, most of the machine industry struggled along making sales and offering limited time deals. Most of this industry, and you might be guessing where I'm going next considering how much time I'm spending on it, but most of this at-home fitness equipment industry counted on a few select target audiences or target markets. There was, of course, those who wanted to up their game by having the convenience of a machine at home. Those who were on a row team in college may likely own a row machine in their older years. Of course, weightlifters would often have weights not only at the gym, but at home as well. And then there was the group of individuals who really empowered the at-home fitness equipment industry for years. These individuals were those who wanted or knew they needed to get in better shape, but didn't want to go to the gym for whatever reason they may have, but also didn't want to buy into that celebrity-backed endorsement. I call them the elliptical community. Now, fast forward a few years to 2006. Apple and Nike announced a revolutionary partnership that would see a sensor placed into a shoe and connect to an iPod. I said iPod, not iPhone. This is 2006 after all. Now, this was targeted at runners, which at the time, and I mean still to this day, is Nike's core audience. And this partnership sent ripple effects throughout the fitness industry. But things got more interesting. A few years later, Fitbit launched. And this first device was explicitly for tracking your health. It was crazy at the time. Now, it was mostly targeted to individuals who wanted to elevate their game. Now, in either case, either Nike Plus or Fitbit, both were seen as a step, yes, 100% intended that pun, forward for technology, but not necessarily, or not at all, a rival for the traditional fitness industry. The early innovations, in fact, if you look at Nike Plus especially, had to do with tracking your progress better at the gym, right? Nike Plus for the gym came out in 2008, two years after its initial launch, and Fitbit, when it was launched, came out with that initial capability baked in. So the marketing for these products was, and still essentially is, a companion or supportive device. If you're going to the gym, if you're going for a run, if you're working out somewhere else, here, use this. You'll get some knowledge. Now, a few years after Fitbit was launched, a new player began to emerge. Now, the early days of, and you know where I'm going with this, Peloton were similar to the early days of SoulCycle. A small, passionate group started to consume everything Peloton had to offer as they slowly grew to mass appeal. Then, in September of 2019, Peloton 
took a massive step forward from a, both a business perspective, but an at-home fitness perspective as well. They IPO, and it was in huge hysterics. People thought they were going to revolutionize what it meant to have at-home fitness. However, the first few months didn't look so good. Peloton went into a little bit of a tailspin, losing millions of dollars, unfortunately based heavily on poor marketing. They missed the mark. They assumed people wanted to work out at home. And at the time, in late 2019 and early 2020, that wasn't the case. Most people wanted to go to the gym, or at least most people thought more accurately that going to the gym was the way to really work out. And this new paradigm presented from Peloton just seemed like a very elite, very exclusive, and very not interested type of deal. That was the marketing playbook up until 2020. Now, as we went into a global lockdown, Peloton quickly exploded. Like the classic celebrity workouts, the marketing for Peloton all of a sudden was very straightforward, even though it was completely new. The idea was simple, work out at home. Even though this was not a new concept, the marketing started to really emphasize how you could actually work out at home. You won't be left to your own devices, your own design of creating a otherwise non-effective workout that is equal parts rest and warm up with minimal workout included. You see the marketing really started to emphasize how the equipment, the long back shelf product of the workout industry was now one of the most important investments you could make in this idea, content and working out with a piece of equipment made the third bucket, the tired at home equipment market go full circle. And now the Peloton bike and treadmill, as well as a few other major players became the most popular items to buy in 2020. Suddenly, working out at home wasn't just a thing, but the thing. If you weren't working out at home with a Peloton or a NordaTrack or etc., you weren't really working out. And because of this, and because of the explosive growth that brands like Peloton saw throughout 2020, many other brands took notice. Now, major brands started to double down on their at-home fitness packages. Apple's Apple Watch plus Apple Fitness, Lululemon and their acquisition of Glass, as well as the more traditional companies like NordaTrack, all started to emerge with this combo machine plus content approach. Again, not new, but reimagined. Suddenly, the marketing for at-home fitness, which had been really in the backseat for decades, burst onto the scene with a multi with multi-million dollar campaigns, all waging war to get you and me to buy into a fitness ecosystem. And if I was to underline the biggest takeaway of the new marketing for fitness, it is that, that we are all now being encouraged to buy into 
fitness ecosystem. Now, the idea of a fitness ecosystem finds its roots in two places. First, our friend Jane Fonda and other celebrity home workout systems did encourage you to buy systems, hence the name, home workout systems. You could buy multiple VHS tapes, books, in some cases, food or recipes or measuring devices, and get a better holistic, if you will, experience. They sold the system, but only a few very select people bought in. Now, the reason for this was because you could work out with a Jane Fonda workout VHS tape, fine. Nothing else required, maybe other than those striking neon leotards. I mean, that's a kind of a given, I guess. Yes, there was other systems that came out afterwards that were more interwoven, like, say, PX90 or the 21 Day Fix. But again, neither of these systems really encouraged us to go all in, and thus the marketing faltered a bit. Not necessarily as much as, say, the Jane Fonda workout, where most people just bought the VHS tape, but only a few people really thought, I'm going to go all in and buy everything there is. However, the fitness ecosystem of 2021 is also heavily influenced by tech. Peloton wouldn't be Peloton without their seamless integration between technology and fitness. NordaTrack, in their recent marketing campaigns, exemplified this by saying that the trainer, who by the way is not live, but the trainer can actually up your resistance during the workout. They have a seamless, you need A to do B cohesion. Jane Fonda or PX90 never offered anything like that. Thus, most of the ecosystem mantra that we see in the fitness industry, as a marketer, you are no longer really selling fitness, but an ideology. Similar to what marketers have done for years with Apple and Google, modern marketers in the fitness industry are now looking to build bridges and connections between a vast array of services. It's essentially the 2021 equivalent of Mac versus PC, but with significantly more players. Who will win this at-home fitness war? I have no idea, but it will primarily come down to, in my humble opinion, to marketing. Like so many other industries, fitness is in large part the story we tell ourselves. And now, with the rise of the ultimate home gym, again, not the total gym from Chuck Norris, but these idea of having the ultimate home gym, it will be up to the modern marketer, you, to shape the narrative in your prospect's mind as to why they should buy into your ecosystem over someone else's. I do hope you enjoyed today's topic. If there is a topic or a concept that you would like to have unpacked, please find me on Twitter or Instagram at ThoughtUnpacked. Until next time, Stay safe.